This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 646 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Fleeceworks, manufacturers of the brand new Therawool saddle pads. Beautiful enough for show, tough enough for everyday use, affordable for everyone, and all of the quality you expect from Fleeceworks. <music> Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Leslie de Grandmaison of the New England Dressage Association. Leslie brings us some great advice on preparing for competition and keeping it fun. But first, let's hear from Judy McSwain, owner of Fleeceworks. Judy, um, for folks out there, and this, this is something that happens to me all the time. I'm shopping for a saddle pad or a fleece girth cover or a seat saver to put on top of my saddle because I spend a lot of time trail riding. And it gets very confusing because there's wool and there's fleece and there's fake wool and there's real wool. And the words all seem to blend together. And I noticed that Fleeceworks uses Australian merino wool. So can you explain to me why what the word merino represents because i i think of merino as something that you make a hunt coat out of because that was supposed to be a good hunt coat and that's really where my understanding of merino stops it's it's pretty close one of the things that happens here in the u.s is people use the term fleece and under that umbrella there's actually three different categories there's the artificial fleece and then there's sheepskin which is sheepskin it's fleece on a hide and then there's wool which is where we take the fleece and we shear it off the sheep and we blend it and weave it onto a cotton poly background. So there's actually right off the bat, there's really three divisions underneath it. And acrylic is the fake stuff. And then what we do... <laughs> I like the tone of your voice when you say that, Judy. It's the fake stuff. <laughs> it's the fake stuff. <laughs> what we do is we have the genuine sheepskin and that's where it's on the hide. And then we have a new wool, which we've shorn off and woven it and it's on a cotton poly background. What's unique about us is Fleeceworks uses what we call Australian Merino, and that's unique in that there's different types of Merino. You're correct when you say that you think of a hunt coat. There's, there's a Merino separate cost. There's different Merino, what we call hybrids. But the Australian Merino sheep is the finest wool-producing sheep in the world. Ah, and I, think, I, think, does, I think we've hit on something, Judy. Merino is yeah. the species of sheep? It's oh, one of the there we go. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just like had a yeah. big light bulb moment right there. Okay. <laughs> and then there's different, you know, there's different types within there. And so with Australian, it's whether it's the climate or it's the years, it's the breeding, but it produces this just amazing, beautiful wool and sheepskin. And that's one of the things that Fleeceworks is noted for is the softness of it. It's very fine sheepskin or very fine wool, but it's very dense. And because it's fine and dense, it allows it to be soft without being bulky. Uh-huh. So what you do is you get the balancing, the thermal balancing qualities without bulking up underneath your saddle. Well, there you go. Now you know the difference. Now let's enjoy today's tip. I'm going to talk about um, preparing for uh, your first schooling show, or it could be also preparing 
preparation for your first official show. I um, have attended the USDFL program and graduated um, from the program with distinction and um, judged many schooling shows um, in the New England area, mainly in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Vermont, and feel I, I have a good handle on how people could prepare better or enjoy more their first experiences out in the I show have, ring. Um, several students that really don't have um, a, a strong desire to compete uh, in the sanctioned shows, but like to have, you know, goals or would like to go out and just have the experience in a very low-key way of um, competing and seeing how they would do uh, if a judge uh, scored them on a test. And so oftentimes I recommend to them to go to the Ride Review Ride um, events or the Ride Critique Ride events where um, it's it's fairly casual and usually you'll go to a, a farm and they'll have usually an L graduate, sometimes a licensed, a USCF licensed judge there and it's a very usually very friendly warm environment and you ride your test in front of the judge and they score you and then they discuss areas where you can improve and maybe coach you a little bit and then you ride your test again and the whole process takes about a half an hour and so that's a great opportunity for people to go out and um, get some good education and they're usually very reasonably uh, priced um, from a, a a licensed official or an experienced um, L graduate and also see how their horse is going to behave and how their nerves are going to behave at such an event. We have, um, I had taken a student to an, uh, a schooling show once and she was very shocked that she felt like she was nauseous and might throw up. And it's actually a very normal feeling for anyone going into a competition, but if you've never competed before, never done anything like that before, it, it can surprise you. Um, usually what I try to do is prepare folks before they go um, by, you know, having them ride through the test and explaining a time frame. You want to know how long it takes to get to wherever it is. You know, the nice thing about these events, dressage and these ride critique rides, is that they, you know exactly what time you're going to ride. So you can plan accordingly as far as giving yourself plenty of time to drive to the location, plenty of time, you know, give yourself at least an hour to park uh, get a little unpacked, get your information from the secretary, and then get your horse unloaded, and then maybe another hour to tack up and get ready to ride. Um, and then from there, you, you know, it depends on the horse, but oftentimes the first time you go, you don't know what your horse will be like, so you have to allot enough time to warm up before you go in. I recommend that people bring at least one person with them the first time they go. Even folks that seem to go out, you know, load their horse and go to the beach or go trail riding or drive to their lessons by themselves. It's a different environment when you're when there's a large group of horses or um, there's a lot going on. So I always recommend that they bring an extra set of hands to help them. And hopefully they choose somebody that's supportive and a relaxed individual themselves to help keep everybody calm and, and cool um, as they prepare for their ride. If you feel like you need help in a, 
in a reader to, to read your test for you, you want to make sure that they know what they're doing so that they don't add additional uh, stress by reading too fast or too slow. So that's something that should be practiced ahead of time. And then I usually, you know, what I tell, recommend to students, and also what I see is that the folks that really get to the warm-up early enough and walk their horses for a nice period, you know, at least 20 minutes so that the horses can see everything and they can relax and there's no pressure. And then they need to gear their warm-up to the horse that they have that day. So sometimes your horse might be very um, high and energetic and you may need to work the horse um, for a longer period of time or in a more relaxed way. You know, some horses you need to break more frequently to relax them and some horses you need to ride them more forward and, and energetically to get them to release their energy, but that they get enough time so that they don't feel rushed before they need to go into the arena for either the critique, I mean the ride, critique ride, or their test. I also recommend that they have the person that's helping them keep track of the schedule so that they know immediately when the test in front of them is done. They want to know when they're on deck so that the horse in front of them, they're ready to go as soon as that horse finishes, and then they take their time going around the arena. Um, you know, they have plenty of time to go around the arena to let the horse get acclimated to the, the, the judge's booth and the flowers and the letters and, and all of that. And then once the judge rings the bell and they come down the center line just to stay as relaxed and calm as possible, preparing for their movements, but remembering that, you know, mistakes will happen and that once that is the case, or if that is the case, that then you go on to the next movement, forgetting what happened. That's the wonderful thing about dressage tests is that if your horse or you have a, a problem in a movement, that movement is, is scored, and then as you move on to the next movement, you start fresh. And so it's very possible and happens quite frequently in schooling shows where somebody might get a low score because a horse spooks or bucks and then gets a high score because they've regained their composure and they're able to execute um, whatever it is in a, in, a, in, a, in a wonderful manner. The idea is to try and enjoy it and to keep your sense of humor. And certainly maybe, and as time goes on, it does definitely get easier. So for the folks that definitely would like to compete and continue to progress up the competition ladder, the more they go to these types of events, um, the better and easier they'll get at handling all the different um, situations that might come up. Um, Certainly just keeping, you know, in your mind's eye as you're coming down the center line and riding the movements, you know, that little voice in your head that keeps everything the same as if you were training so that you don't add any additional pressure or stress to yourself or the horse. There it is. That's a lot of advice in 12 minutes or so. Tune into the Dressage Radio Show at dressageradio.com every week for your fix of dressage news, personalities, headlines, and training tips. To learn more about the New England Dressage Association, you can go to neda.org. They're a great resource for information on clinics, show results, and networking among your dressage enthusiast friends. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been Fleeceworks. 
ask for Fleeceworks Therawool pads at your local tax supplier, or you can visit Fleeceworks online at fleeceworks.com. Your horse and your wallet will thank you. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zoom and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zoom, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.